So yes, 50 years ago, yesterday, July 20th, 1969, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin slowly climbed out of the Apollo lunar module, Eagle, stepped onto the surface of the moon. The first time anyone had ever done that. First one to step onto the surface of the moon was Neil Armstrong, and as he did, he uttered these immortal words, which I'm sure we all know. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. That's that power of one small step. It seems all great adventures and all great explorations and discoveries, achievements begin with one small step. There's the step Abraham in Genesis had to take to leave his country, leave his home, and journey towards Canaan and the promised land. There's the step the Israelites took to walk away from their captivity towards the promised land. There's the step that um, disciples had to take to leave everything they knew and venture into the unknown of following Jesus. There was the step that Jesus took when he turned his face towards the cross and surrendered his life to all the hate and violence so he could show the world and humanity what love looks like and what reconciliation looks like. There was Mildred Norman, who was an American non-denominational spiritual teacher who in 1952 became the first woman to walk the entire length of the Appalachian Trail in one season. Better known as Peace Pilgrim, she walked across the United States speaking with others about peace. She was on her seventh cross-country walk when she died. And all total, she walked across the United States for 28 years. And it all began with just one step. There was the Selma to Montgomery marches, three protest marches held in 1965. Folks walked 54 miles from Selma to Alabama to the state capital of Montgomery, organized by nonviolent activists to demonstrate the desire of African-American citizens to exercise their right to vote. Through these marches, this was highlighted, this injustice, and helped with the passage of the Voting Rights Act, which was a landmark achievement of the Civil Rights Movement. And all because of one small step which led to this giant leap in every one of these situations. In our scripture text this morning, the Apostle Paul encourages his readers to walk by the Spirit, which for Paul, I think, is another way to describe what it means to live by the Spirit. For when we live by the Spirit, he writes, or when we walk by the Spirit, our lives begin to manifest, and he lists these qualities, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, it's these fruits of the Spirit, Paul indicates, that enable us to fulfill the whole law, and he calls out by loving your neighbor as yourself. So when we serve one another, and when we love our neighbor as ourselves, we're basically fulfilling everything the spiritual life requires. And when we walk by the Spirit, and when we live by the Spirit, we follow the Spirit's leading, and we are allow our lives to be shaped and formed by this Spirit, and for me, the Spirit is simply, as one of my uh, friends, Trevor Hudson, writes, God in the here and now. The Spirit is this living presence, this life energy of the divine, this energy living in and through you and I. And to know how the Spirit shows up in our lives, we simply look at the life of Jesus. And the Spirit is simply the life of God taking the life of Jesus and manifesting it through our own lives. But it takes that one small step to walk by the Spirit, to follow the leading of the Spirit, and this small step ends up leading to big leaps in faithfulness and fruitfulness. I mentioned Neil Armstrong, and I mentioned Peace Pilgrim, and I mentioned civil rights activists, and it all seems probably huge and overwhelming, and we may feel discouraged and say, that is big stuff. 
I can't do that. That's not me. I don't entertain big ideas. I don't think I'm going to make a big impact. But that's not the point. The point is, what kind of steps can you and I take? What small steps can we begin to take that can start to make big leaps in significant ways? What steps do I need to take in order to be faithful to God's call in my life, as well as fulfilling the invitation to love and serve my neighbor? So when I hear the apostle, apostle words, walk by the Spirit or live by the Spirit, I think of the times that I have felt what I would call nudgings or promptings or, as we sometimes like to say among friends or Quakers, leadings in my life. In his wonderful pamphlet um, on spiritual transformation and the spiritual life of Quaker meetings, author Tom Gates describes a leading this way. It's an invitation to transformation with its inward yielding to the divine initiative as we learn to trust God instead of our own impulses. And then he adds this. Leadings convey a sense of movement, sometimes an outward and geographical one, but always an inward and spiritual one. We may feel feel led to move somewhere. We may feel led to take another job. We may feel led to to move in a certain geographical direction. But what Tom Gates says, it's, it's not always geographical. Sometimes that movement is always or not. Sometimes it's always inward and spiritual. And I have always come to know these leadings always move in the direction of love and reconciliation. I would even suggest that these leadings always move in the direction of fruits of the Spirit, which include not only love, but joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. In fact, if my leadings do not move in that direction, I'm going to trust that it's not a leading from God. Because these leadings, these invitations from God always move us in the direction of the transformation of our lives, which ultimately moves us in the direction of the transformation of our world. Whatever your world is, I don't mean necessarily way out there, it could be. But whatever our sphere of influence is, wherever we find ourselves, Monday through Saturday. But often these start out with small steps of faithfulness. So what if the fruit of the Spirit, just to take those that Paul has given us, What if those fruits were our beginning steps into this transformation? What would that look like? Well, it might mean stepping towards someone in love rather than hate or indifference. It might mean stepping towards joy rather than remaining stuck in my cynicism. It might mean stepping towards peace rather than perpetuating conflict or divisiveness. It might mean stepping towards patience rather than rushing the outcomes or manipulating things towards my own preferences. It might mean stepping towards kindness rather than living with indifference or hostility. It might mean stepping towards goodness rather than being complicit with anything that diminishes the life of others. It might mean stepping towards faithfulness rather than opting for what is comfortable and safe. And it might even mean stepping towards self-control rather than reacting out of my own anger, my own defensiveness, my own insecurity, sometimes my own reactivities. Each of these can be small steps, but they can be one step at a time, and they can be small steps which lead to huge leaps in our own spiritual transformation, as well as the transformation of our world, our communities, and our neighborhoods, and sometimes our own relationships. What's the alternative? Well, I think the alternative would be to stay stuck right where we are, without any possibility of change, without any possibility of transformation. And I need to add that these steps may even be more personal for you. Sometimes we have our own inward work to do before we have the capacity 
to bring a transforming presence to the world. Richard Rohr is a very well-known teacher and, and author, and he's often very well-known for this quote. If we do not transform our pain, we will most assuredly transmit it. Closest to those around us, our families, our neighbors, and our co-workers. Let me say that one more time. If we do not transform our pain, we will most assuredly transmit our pain. One of the gifts of the Spirit that is not listed by Paul, but I will call it a gift of the Spirit, is the gift of awareness, of self-awareness. When I am made aware of the pain I am transmitting on others, because I have not taken the steps to have that pain transformed. When I become aware of how I am transmitting my own stuff, if you will, how I am transmitting my own insecurities, my own fears, my own anger, when I'm transmitting all that, and then the Spirit speaks to me and pulls me back and says, pay attention to what's going on inside of you. Let's get that made whole again so you can bring to this world and to your relationships and to everything around you a self that's whole and can be transforming. So these steps, they may include a personal transformation and wholeness, and it may include this, taking the necessary steps to see a counselor. I want to tell you, and all the people I've ever worked with, individuals and counselors, that is a huge step because of the stigma sometimes and because of what people feel like if others find out. So one of the things I often tell people is this, look, if you need help, if you need a nudge, if you want to take a first step, let's take it together because I've seen a counselor. I've done time on a counselor's couch, and it was the best time I've ever spent. It was the best money I ever spent. So sometimes we need to take that step. Sometimes you take that step towards entering a recovery group because you have so wrecked everything else in your life and everyone else in your life, and you just need to bottom out and get to that place where you take that step and enter that group where you can find help. Sometimes it's taking that step towards getting help for personal trauma. Sometimes it's taking that step towards physical health and even self-care and even rest. I know taking a step feels like an active movement, but sometimes we have to move towards actually taking rest. Sometimes we actually have to move towards caring for ourselves or allowing ourselves that space or what I often call the holy nap. Um, it's in the Bible. You can look it up, all right? <laughs> but maybe it's taking steps towards acceptance of th- something in our life so we can move towards this new season in our life. Sometimes there are places, there are transitions, there are moments, whatever it may be, the letting go of one place in our life where we can begin to move into that new season in our life. And that takes steps in order to do that. Whatever steps we choose to take, this is what I know. It is always a work of God's grace in our life as we open ourselves to the healing, restoring, transforming work of the Spirit. And sometimes it's just that one step that leads to huge leaps. Thank you, um, Neil Armstrong. And by the way, I thought about this yesterday. We see it in movies. We see it on, on, um, on pictures. Maybe we see it on the fuzzy black and white that we still remember. When Neil Armstrong is walking down that ladder, we're just thinking, wow, that's just a short ladder. I mean, and he, and he put his foot right down on there. But I got to thinking, what if that had been me? You had no idea what was going to happen to you when you put your foot on that surface. 
You didn't know if you were going to vaporize. You didn't know if you were going to go right through. You had no idea. That was the most courageous first step, in my opinion, at that moment that anyone ever took, except the one you may choose to take at some point in your life. That first step for your own personal help and well-being. Maybe it's that first step towards someone who, honestly, you said, we have been in this standoff long enough. We really need to have this conversation. We've been playing these power games way too long. I need to take the first step towards them. Maybe it's that step towards stepping into a counselor's office and saying, I can't deal with this stuff in my life anymore. It's just not making any sense. I really, really need to have a conversation. Some of those first steps will be the most transforming step you'll ever take. One last thought. I was reading yesterday that because of the conditions on the moon, you would still be able to still see Neil Armstrong's footprint pretty much as it was when he stepped on that moon 50 years ago. 50 years later, and that print is still visible. I wondered when I heard that, I wonder what kind of footprint I'm going to be leaving for future generations. What kind of steps do I need to take? What kind of steps do you need to take? What kind of steps do we need to take as a meeting so that 50 years from now, 100 years from now, we have left a flourishing, powerful, impactful step on this earth that it will be remembered in a powerful, transforming 